Uh, John chapter 1. We've prayed uh, and asked the Lord to lead and guide our study. So we're just going to start start moving. So the book of John, uh, it starts with in the beginning. And, and I'm not going to go off for a half hour on that, but it starts with in the beginning. And that might be similar uh, to something else you may remember in, the gen- in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John starts his, his word here. So as uh, so he's giving us his gospel account. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. And he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We're going to study through the first 14 verses of of John, but before we get into that, just an explanation of the gospel account of John, and uh, so that we understand where this is coming from, and as we move forward, the setting and uh, John's purpose for for writing and what his mission was, all those things. We're going to cover those, but first of all, uh, just to understand who John was, uh, and and what's what's being written here, what he, what he's trying to say. And, and those things. So a, as we go through, and uh, <clears throat> uh, it's sometimes hard if we just open, open up a, a book and just start reading, if you don't know the backstory. So we're going we're gonna to go through and, and look at what we're, uh, what we're studying here. So the gospel, your Bible may, may say uh, the gospel according to John. So that's the good news according to John. John sharing his version of what the gospel is. And John was with Jesus throughout his uh, three and a half year ministry. And uh, saw a lot and heard a lot, uh, and was burdened uh, by the Holy Spirit to to write about Jesus Christ. Now, uh, the synoptic gospels uh, are, are are things that uh, synoptic means see together, things that can be seen together. Now, uh, those are the three that came before the Book of John, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all each had their own emphasis. The emphasis of uh, Matthew was Jesus as the King. So as you read through Matthew, you're going to see Jesus presented as king. Uh, in Mark, the emphasis is Jesus, Jesus as the great servant. So you'll see the same as you read through Mark at Jesus as the servant. Uh, in Luke, the emphasis is on the humanity of Christ as Jesus as the son of man. In John, the emphasis here, his, his goal is to portray the deity of Christ that Jesus is the Son of God. So his mission, uh, you can see in John chapter 20, verse 31, he says this, but it's to spark belief, uh, belief in the reader. So that as the, the reader is going through and reading his gospel account, that they come to understand who Jesus is, that he is God, and that they would, uh, they we would believe. John chapter 20, verse 31 says this, but these are written 
that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So John, as, as you go through, you're going to see that his audience was the world. John 21, verse 25, it says, And there, also, uh, there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the, whole, the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. So it, the, the overall thing is that for anybody who reads it, that they would understand who Jesus Christ is. But he also includes, as he's writing, there are over 100, 100 references to the Old Testament, which would mean that there, he definitely wanted to reach the Jews also. So, uh, as I said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are known as the Synoptic Gospels, so they see together. And, this, uh, and so those three are, are more uh, teaching uh, the, the gospel as, as they saw. So if you were to, to, to look at someone's face, and there were three people looking at that person's face, and they had three different views, they're going to describe that view differently. So you're going to have one that was looking uh, straight on. So they'll say, uh, you know, the, the face would be would look like this. Someone looking from the left or from the right, they're going to have their all, – all three are true. They're just from different viewpoints. So those would be, uh, as, you're, as you're considering them, uh, the, the synoptic gospels. So those first three gospels account – uh, focus more on what Jesus taught and did. John is focusing more on who Jesus is and what he said. So there's a lot of dialogue as we read here. There's there's a lot a lot of things that we'll discuss. So John's main focus was the word of Jesus and not necessarily the miracles that you're going to see in the first three Gospels. And uh, John's uh, gospel account isn't necessarily uh, chronological. It's, it's mainly focused on seven miracles and seven I am statements uh, that, that are not uh, the, the I am statements that, that weren't uh, recorded in the, in the first uh, three gospel accounts. So John is presenting Jesus as the Son of God, saying, and, and by, by presenting him as the Son of God, he's presenting him as equal to God. If that doesn't make sense, uh, the Trinity is easy, easy to, to understand, right, brothers and sisters? When you look at it, and you're like, wow, how can I make sense of that? Sometimes it's hard to understand that three people can be one. You know, pray, and the Lord will continue to re reveal that to us. But as Christians, it's very important for us to understand the, that, that God is one, Father, Son, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. All, all equally God and one God. So we don't have three different gods. It's all one God. They are all one God. John chapter 10, verse 30 says this. And so when, when he's presenting him as the son of God and that he's equal to God, it's important for us to understand what that means, especially in that, that day. When you say you're equal to God in front of the Jews, that's a statement to make. Because if you're not, you've blasphemed and you're worthy of death. You could be put to death. It's very important to understand what's being said here. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, uh, answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those uh, do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for good works we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. So when so there, there are sometimes people who say, well, Jesus never said he was God. He said it all through his ministry. He said it all through his ministry. So 
And the Jews themselves were confirming that. So just understand that. The book of John contains uh, seven witness statements. So as we study through this, we're going to see seven people saying that Jesus is who he says he was, that he was the son of God. John the Baptist, Nathaniel, Peter, the blind man that received his sight in John chapter 9, Martha, Thomas, and John himself. Other people proclaiming that Jesus is uh, God in the flesh, the son of God. Another interesting fact of, of this book is 90% of what is written in John is not contained in the other three Gospels. God had a, a special uh, message specifically for John to, to, to write about the deity of Christ. The, uh, the, another uh, interesting fact is that uh, the first three Gospels center on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. John centers his Gospel on what Jesus said and did in Jerusalem. So setting the stage of you know what we're studying, uh, what we're moving forward in, uh, just to have a better understanding. Because of uh, this is a, a neat a quote that I saw from a, from a pastor as I was studying. It says because of its paradoxical combination of both simplicity and depth, John has been called a pool in which a child may wade and an elephant may swim. It was just. I'll, I'll read it one more time. It says. John, uh, it says, uh, because of its paradoxical combination of both simplicity and depth, John has been called a pool in which a child may wade and an elephant may swim. It's, it's, it's such a blessing to, just to read something like that. So Jesus, as I said, he, made, uh, he declared his own deity several times. I'm just going to read a few of them to you. John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, all caps, I am. John chapter 10, and we're going to study through this. We'll get in depth as we go through. John 10, 36 says, Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? John chapter 17, verse 5, this is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had before the world was. Remember Jesus saying that he saw Satan fell from heaven, uh, falling from heaven like lightning. Jesus is an eternal being, so we're we're going to get into this here uh, in in much more depth. But for Jesus to make these claims, like I said, it's either truth or it's blasphemy. It's not one or the other. So Jesus making these claims, I I, I shared it uh, at Praise in the Park um, before. But if you're unfamiliar with, and I need, I'd, I'd love to really study through the whole thing that uh, C.S. Lewis, the Christian author, wrote. He said that he presented, uh, as he was speaking of Jesus, he presented Jesus and said that said that there's three things uh, that, that you can consider about Jesus Christ and make your own determination after reading about him and what he had to say. He's either the Lord, as he says he was, or he's a liar or he's a lunatic. Lord, liar, or lunatic. One of the three. And anybody who reads needs to come to their own conclusion of what that is. I'm confident that anybody reading the scripture that is, is looking into it really wanting to learn then they're going to see that he's he is Lord. You know, if somebody wants to look and is skeptical, then uh, you know they're going to be able to put whatever spin they have. But if the Holy Spirit is ministering to somebody and calling to somebody, they're going to see that he is Lord. Can you mind turning it down to like sixty four, please? I'm seeing seeing fans go. Thank you. So who is Jesus? Uh, Will mentioned uh, this uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, and it's so important for us as the Christian church to know who Jesus is and be firmly established in our understanding of who Jesus is and be able to pro you know, proclaim that, to share that. We can't just say, I'm a Christian, 
Oh, cool. Tell me about Jesus. I can't. I don't know anything. You know, we, we have to be studying. We have to be in the Word. So an outline of what we're going to study. chapters uh, Chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, introduce who Jesus is. Uh, later through uh, chapter nineteen, uh, chapter one, verse nineteen through chapter twelve, describe his ministry uh, to his people. Thirteen through seventeen tell the ministry to his disciples, and eighteen through twenty-one tell of his ministry to the world. So, short outline, and then we're going to get into. So, uh, if you have an, an Old Testament, uh, sorry, now Old Testament, a King James version, you're going to see the words "verily, verily." Uh, in other uh, other versions, you're going to see "most assuredly." So did we do turn that down to 64? Okay, to all three of them? Okay, thank you. So uh, John chapter 1. So we read through where we're going to. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the uh, That's verse 4. Uh, so all things were made. So uh, in the beginning was the Word. The word was with God. The word was God. So John wastes no time getting to his point. And he says that he's describing the word as eternal. It is a distinct divine being uh, that, was, that was with God and is God. So we know uh, from, from this church, if you're here, we, we know what's coming next when you get to verse 14. And we, and we read that in there, that verse 14 proclaims that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So as John is reading this, uh, it's important to understand that he's presenting the word as a person, as an eternal person. So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So sometimes say, uh, you know, our, things are hard to understand. understand. Sometimes uh, God isn't calling us to fully understand something. Sometimes we're just called to believe it and trust that his word is true. So, uh, you know, how does anyone, uh, you know, really claim um to match up to the word of word of God, and and uh, you know whenever uh, somebody's challenging this, or or uh, you know a cult or, or whatever is uh, is looking at this, just know this: let God be true, and every man a liar. Because there are people that will claim that the, the that Jesus isn't God. And when you when we're reading the scripture and we read through uh, the the Gospel of John, we, the the conclusion that you should come to, that anybody should come to, is Jesus is God. So some authors will uh, will want to build up a special point or build a mystery when they're writing something. John's getting right to the point here. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He just, bam, right there. There's So who he's writing about and everything that follows is God. And as he's writing these things, it's important to understand those things. He's inspired by the, by the Holy Spirit and doesn't want there to be any question about who he's writing to. And his mission is to focus on Jesus as the Son of God, equal to God, and to spark believing, uh, believing faith. So as I spoke earlier, uh, Genesis starts with in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So uh, there is a beginning. There was a uh, of, of time, space, and matter. And what John is declaring, and we'll study that more uh, in depth on Wednesday night, but uh, what John is saying is that when that happened, that eternal being uh, was there, and you combine John uh, chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis 1, verse 1, we see that the Word is eternal, and He existed outside of time and space. And the Word, it's saying there, uh, that, that we look at is the Greek word logos. Revelation 19, verses 11 through uh, 13 says, 
Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had, uh, he had a name written that no one knew except himself. Verse 13 says, He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So the def he's, he's describing Jesus Christ, and actually on his robe, it says right on there, the word of God. And when we can see that in, in Genesis, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 says, uh, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true, uh, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. In this opening, um, John said both. He's saying to, to the Jews uh, and, and to the Greeks, when, when, when he's describing something, there's a, so the Jews, when they would, um, when they would often speak of God in, a, in a, a personal side, they would refer to him as the word of God. And, and for the Greeks, the word, the, the, the word logos um, it speaks of uh, the power that was sent uh, to the world in a perfect order. And kept things in order. So they saw the logos as the ultimate reason that controlled all things. So as we're as we're looking here, John is 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 looking to hit both uh, both of these uh, audiences, the Jews and the Greeks. So uh, the uh, as we're reading and we're moving forward, having a better understanding of these things. Verse two says he was in the beginning with God. He was in the beginning with God. So when it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, then he switches the pronoun he. And he says he was in the beginning with God. And it's a literal that, that with God is a literal in the Greek that speaks to face-to-face -to -face with God. So that's, he's explaining that, Jesus, that we know uh, as Christians, that if you're familiar with this, with this uh, passage, that, we're, that, we're, that he's describing a person and that that person became flesh and dwelt among us. And then he explains that that person is Jesus Christ. So he's, he's explaining that Jesus Christ uh, was the word and he was with God. And this emphasizes Jesus as eternal and self-existent. So important for us to understand that. This should make us think about, you know, when he cried out on the cross. Remember when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So at that point, there was some sort of unknown separation between God uh, and the Son that had never happened before. That he was with God. He was face to face with God. And when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He experienced a separation that had never happened before. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's declaring, he's, he's crying out to God that he's now, because he's taken on the sin of man, that he's now for the first time ever experiencing the separation from God the Father, whom he had face-to-face uh, -face, uh, fellowship with uh, for all of eternity until that point. And it, it should cause wonder, wonder in our hearts uh, because all of that happened because we were dirty, filthy sinners that needed a Savior. Isn't that crazy? Guys, to understand the eternal word, God the Son, face-to-face -face with God the Father, never experienced separation until he came here and laid his life down for us and took the penalty of our sin. Let that sink in. We want to meditate on something. You know, Eastern, Eastern thought would tell us you know, meditation should be like an empty thing, like emptying our mind out. For the Christian, it's to, it's to meditate on God's word. And to focus, because God's words is what changes us. You know, the Lord loves us so, so much. 
He knowingly experienced unprecedented, separ unprecedented uh, separation from God the Father for all of us in this room. That Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. Verse 3 says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17 says, He, Jesus, uh, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in, the, in heaven, that are on the earth, visible and invisible. This is interesting. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He's speaking of Jesus Christ. When you read through Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, it's an amazing thing that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. We've shared this before, and I've, I've shared it, forgive me for being repetitive, but there, there are many times where people will say, well, show me, show me a, you know, a, 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 um, a miracle. What, what miracle could I look for and everything? Or how would I know that I'm hearing from God? He gave us a book. He gave us a book, and we, we have a language here, uh, or whatever the language is, you know, that, that you can open up a book and look in that there's, that there's paper that was made from a tree, and then you have your ink that's written on there, that's typed on there in a specific way that we can look at it. Not only can we look at it, but we have to have eyes to look at that. Or, you know, if we're blind, we can hear it, right? Then you can say, well, what about Helen Keller? She learned Braille, right? God will communicate it to us through his word, and that's how we come to know God. We don't come to know God because of miracles. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't come to know God because I saw this magical thing flying in the sky or I had this you know, angel appear to me or anything. I came to know God because I was living a sinful life, you know, college student, punk, just doing whatever I wanted to do. You know, and the Lord was just showing me that, hey, you know, you, you serving yourself and doing whatever you want to do with whoever and wherever and whatever's going on, there's no fulfillment in that. There's emptiness. There's, there's, there's a discontentment there. And the Lord grabbed my heart. And when I heard the gospel, that's what changed my life. That's what changed me. So what changes us is the word of God. And when we can look into the word of God, we can see and learn who Jesus is. And if we know who Jesus is, we know who the Father is. Jesus, it says in, in, in Colossians 1, verses 15 through 17, he is the image of the invisible God. So there's no question of who is God the Father. Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father. There's no difference between the two. They're, they're the same. Firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that on uh, the earth, and sorry, and that on the earth, uh, visible and visible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Everything that is here, God has established and created. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. I've heard uh, Bible teachers describe Jesus, um, and, and to describe the Greek word, uh, the, the Greek word that's used there uh, in, in that, that scripture, there's, um, that all things consist, that the, that the Greek wording would be talking about, uh, described as like a, a um, and, and scientists talking about this, uh, when, you, when you think of an atom, there's like an atomic glue that's holding it all together. 
You know, and and the, the, I've heard Bible teachers sharing that Jesus is that atomic glue because that's all like that's not a very sp- like sp- like big scientific term, right? Atomic glue. You know, it's just uh, I could come up with that. I I'm awful at science. You don't want me teaching anything about science. Nothing. But atomic glue, I can understand that that all things consist, all things are held together um, by Christ. Remember when Jesus asked Philip to show them the Father. And Jesus' response in John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus made very bold statements that if you've seen him, if you've heard him, you've seen and heard the Father. I, we've I've already established that, but uh, as as we've studied through here, and if you look through the scriptures, Isaiah chapter nine, when it's describing Jesus, it says this: uh, the the coming uh, Messiah says, "For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counsel, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." That the Messiah would be. Mighty God, Everlasting Father. That's who Jesus is. That's the Jesus we worship. So if there's any question, was Jesus just a good guy that had a bunch of good things to say and he'd, he'd go by and he'd help people when he could. He had some special powers and everything. If that was it from Jesus, that was still quite a life. But he proclaimed and proved to be so much more. We talked about a few weeks ago uh, during the ordination that when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, it was the the seal that everything that he said and did the 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 resurrection from the dead uh, just solidified because it's easy to say something right yeah how many times have we ever probably on the probably on the the uh, the, the playground at, at at school or whatever well can you back it up right <laughs> you know just those little things somebody saying well can you back it up can you back this up can you back this up jesus says i'm going to back it up in a way that you could never imagine you're going to rise from the dead he laid his life down and he has the power to raise it back up to take it back oh he's an amazing savior he is god he was in the beginning with god and it says all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made verse 4 in him was life, and the life was a light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the di- darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. When we are considering light and life, uh, as we're studying here, Psalm 119, verse 105 says, you're going to be familiar with this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 says, He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given us, given of his Son. And this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. So when it says here, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You know, we, we, we can speak of a physical and spiritual life that we have in Jesus, that he created us and he loves us, and that he gives us light and he gives us life. Because I, when you think of the darkness that we can, and we'll get into this a little bit further here, but that the darkness 
that we can can and and if we don't know Christ now, uh, you know, we're we're living in at some point, right? Uh, that we that we existed in that darkness of sin, that that sin that that so easily, as the scripture says, easily ensnared us. And when it's snared, why why do you trap something so you can kill it, right? <laughs> That's why somebody traps something. I mean, uh, you can look at you know maybe research and everything, but essentially, uh, especially when you're looking at the scripture and everything, that when you a uh, hunter sets a snare, they're catching their prey, whatever they're, they're keeping. So that's what sin does to us. So the Christian has been freed from and, and no longer uh, should no longer walk in darkness. We have experienced the light and life and should remain in him. So it shouldn't, if, if we find ourselves going back and forth and back and forth, you know, I'm going to follow the Lord and then I'm going to, I'm going to continue to, you know, I'm just going to kind of do one of those things. You know, what the Lord says is that we should follow him and not go to the left or to the right, right? That we should follow straight forward into Him, that we would that we would crucify our flesh and the desire, desires of it to go in back into a sin, whatever that sin may be. Uh, sin could be stealing, pornography, sex outside of marriage, drinking, drugs, whatever those things are that God is calling us to to confess to Him and forsake whatever they are, and then move forward. Not that we're never going to have a bad thought or say something uh, harmful or mean or uh, you know. Uh, dealing with our temper or whatever it may be, but that habitual sin that we, that we wouldn't live in habitual sin uh, any longer, no longer dominated and ruled by sin. We can be freed. If the, if the son has set us free, we're free indeed. It's not like the son has set you free. You're kind of free. It's we are free indeed. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's a pretty, pretty neat thing as we're, as we're studying the light and the life. Verse 5 says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So the word there, uh, did not comprehend, can also be translated, did not overcome it. Uh, so in John 8, as we will study further, but Jesus spoke and said to them, saying, uh, John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have light, uh, the light of life. Uh, John 12, 46 says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness, as we were just talking about. That old life of sin and uh, you know, self-gratification, all those things should be gone and moved aside that we walk forward and we uh, that we abide in Christ, and we abide in him and walk with him. So uh, as we go through and, and understand, John is making these statements in verse 1 through 5 and, and uh, he's he's establishing who Jesus is, and it, I, I think based on the verses that we've studied and what we what we just read, that we can we can come to the conclusion that John has 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 successfully made his argument and and the declaration that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. That that's what he said. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in our reading prior to this, that I'm going to try to fast forward as much as I can, uh, not go over time. I know we're down to like seven minutes, so I'm going to try to get through these uh, without skipping the big points. But the the point is for us to get to John chapter fourteen, John one verse fourteen, where where he he where it says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." <clears throat> chapter uh, verse six says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of that light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man uh, coming into the world. So he's, uh, John introduces a man named John, different than him, and it's John the Baptist. 
and you'll remember uh, if you've studied in, in, in Luke, if you're unfamiliar, uh, Luke chapter 1, you can look through there and see the story of John's birth. Uh, his, his parents were Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, both barren. Uh, well, they were barren, and both of them were val- uh, well. Yeah, they weren't both barren, but um, uh, they uh, Elizabeth was barren, and, and uh, they were well advanced in years. They had kind of given up on the fact that they were going to be able to have kids. Uh, and then one day, uh, Zacharias, who was a priest, is serving, uh, and uh, an angel appears to him and and tells him. Uh, your wife Elizabeth is is uh, going. Hey, congratulations! You know God has heard your prayers, and uh, you're going to have a son. Uh, and uh, there's this uh, question that comes from Zacharias of unbelief. And uh, in in the question, it, you know the the angel has to say, "I stand before God. Like I have a message from you that I was sent to stand before. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And because you didn't believe." You're ta- basically uh, paraphrasing. Your tongue's going to be tied, and you're not going to be able to speak, and it, it, until uh, after he is born. So um, on the eighth day after, so that that comes to be, and uh, so uh, this amazing thing happens uh, for Zacharias. He's not able to talk throughout the whole pregnancy. On the eighth day, according to the Jewish custom, uh, they bring John to be circumcised as uh, you know, a custom of the Jews that, that God gave the um, uh, circumcision to uh, Abraham way back in Genesis. So they, they come in obedience, uh, and uh, it's the day there uh, for that. And Zechariah, everybody's trying to figure out what his name is, and they're suggesting, oh, well, he can't talk. Why don't we do this? And he's like, no, he's, he's, he's motioning for a tablet, and he writes on there, his name is John. And and every everybody is is amazed, and then he's able to open his his mouth, his tongue is loose, and he's able to proclaim the and praise God. So for those nine, ten month, forty weeks or whatever, he's not able to speak. And when he is, all he has to say is praises to God, and everybody's amazed. So he's a relative of Jesus because what we can read in 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 uh, Luke chapter one is that Mary, when she heard of the child that Jesus uh, that was that was you know, growing in her, uh, she was excited and went to to talk to Elizabeth. And when she went to talk to Elizabeth, her relative, uh, who is uh, Zacharias's wife, the baby leapt inside her, John the Baptist. So it's it, there. Really, you got to look at it. So now, looking at who John is uh, when he was you know born and raised up, um, he ended up eating locusts and honey. Doesn't sound like the uh, the uh, you know diet that I want. His clothing, uh, comfortable camel's hair and uh, leather belt. Lived in the wilderness, but Jesus said he was the greatest prophet. Jesus said, uh, Luke seven twenty eight. For I say to you, uh, among men, uh, sorry, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. So from a worldly perspective. Uh, John uh, had nothing going on that anyone in sales would consider a recipe for success. Nothing. Okay, right? You look at you look at his at, at his diet: uh, locusts and honey, clothing, camel's hair, lived in the wilderness. Not necessarily, you know. You think of uh, you know McDonald's. They want to be location, 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 right? They want to be right next to an interstate or right where people are. Their their thing is when they do all their research is they're going to put a McDonald's right where uh, they know it's a it's the perfect location. John the Baptist is doing his ministry out in the wilderness, and people would go to him. That's an important one for us uh, in our ministry is, is to understand that God is going to bring those into our lives that we need to minister to. Now, there are times for us to go out and proclaim, but also to understand that God can use us 
even if we're eating bugs and honey and uh, wearing, you know, uncomfortable clothing, right? John had a special ministry. So from a worldly perspective, I worked in, in sales for 18 and a half years in my old job. 18 and a half years uh, in uh, military recruiting. Um, most people do it for three, four years maybe. I was insane and did it for 18 and a half. You know, and, and that was my job. And, and I learned a lot about sales. So I, as I'm looking through here, I'm like, John would be a marketer's nightmare. Right? He doesn't have the professional image. He's not where you would think he would be, where he'd be in the temple. Um, so they'd probably say he's in the wrong place. But he was used by God. And it, it, it's a something for us to be able to learn from here. Uh, he was used by God to show that God is the source and not man's efforts. We can do all kinds of things to try to do this and do that. And we can, we can make ourselves exhausted. But the main thing is, is that we pray that God would bring the increase. As we honor him and we share him, that God would bring the increase. It's the important thing about, about ministry because John didn't have any of those things, any of the things that you'd think that would need. Yes, uh, there are things that are much more, we, guys, we have air conditioning in here. You know, we have some comfortable seats. You know, we have, we have all those things which are, are, are a blessing. But uh, God can minister if, uh, you know, we're stopped at a gas station pumping gas. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't need those things. We'll do our best to make this a, a great and comfortable place to be. All those things. That's, that's, it's very important that we be good stewards of what God has given us. But just to understand that God's ministry isn't limited to our efforts. efforts. You know, you look at what John did. So important for us to understand that God is the source. So despite his rough appearance, masses would go out to John. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the key to any ministry. Uh, and preach the gospel. The crowds loved and respected him. The religious leaders would love to challenge him. I uh, remember when uh, when Jesus was asked uh, Jesus asked them if John's ministry was from God or from man. It's uh, near the end of, of the book of Luke. We studied that, and they got to a point where they were stuck. And uh, this this guy that many may say or a little is is a little crazy just because of you know how he eats and where he stays and and on all those things. Uh, but Jesus asked the question. And he knew he'd stump him. And he said, was his ministry from God or man? And they didn't want to say it was because then they, uh, they knew that Jesus would say, then why didn't you obey it? Why didn't you listen to it? Why are you fighting against me? And if they said it wasn't, that the, they were afraid uh, that it, the, his ministry wasn't from God, they, that the crowd would, would attack him and, and, and then he'd have to deal with that. And uh, so, so they just said they didn't know. And Jesus says, huh, well, neither am I going to tell you. <laughs> you know, the answer to your question, you can go on now. You know, they try to corner Jesus. So uh, John, the Baptist's mission was to bear witness of Jesus, as we just read in there. And we'll see more about that later in chapter one. But John, it's very clear. John, the writer, the apostle John, uh, is writing here very clearly that John the Baptist was not that light. But he was, uh, but his life and ministry was to point people to the true light. There are many, you know, false prophets, uh, uh, false prophets, false lights in religions. Um, but Jesus was the true light. We're going to blast through this. So, uh, verse verses ten through thirteen. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So reading those four verses, 
it should be shocking to look at the fact that the creator of all things was not recognized or revered uh, as such when he was here. That the creator himself was rejected by creation. It, it, it should, we, we understand that as we, as we read through the scripture. But if you stop and you meditate on that and understand how powerful that is, that's shocking. That the creator of this world uh, was rejected. Reject, rejected by his own. I remember the parable of the wicked vine dressers. We studied that in, in Luke. You know, they, they understood. They knew what was happening. He came to his own. Uh, everyone. Everyone is created by God. And every, you know, we, we talked about that, that everything is, is created by God. And um, so this is, this is something I don't, I don't mean to uh, shock anybody, but not everyone uh, is a child of God, we were. We are. Uh, so I, I heard a, a pastor describe this uh, greatly. Uh, all gifts, uh, all given life by God, all created by God, but not all children of God. Meaning that that we've accepted Him, the Savior, and been made His children, sons and daughters. If we reject Jesus Christ, we are not children of God. That's what the Scripture tells us. So I, I listened to this pastor, and I, I was so blessed. Uh, Damien Kyle shared this, and he, he explained uh, the story, uh, and, and it's a it's an easy way, uh, which I need in my intellectual ability, uh, to understand. He, he describes a boy that made a sailboat. He built it, and he did a very good job. He hand-carved it and everything. He did a good job. He made a good boat, and he tested it on the water to see if it would sail, and it ended up sailing away. And then, uh, so it's gone. The boy, the boy lost his boat, but he was like, "Oh man, it 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 it, uh, it sailed," and uh, and he knew that he had made a good one. So later, finds it at a shop. Somebody had found it, and the shop owner had it, and he confirmed it. It was his, and he goes to the shop owner. And he says, I, "I made this." This is, and he shows him all the little, you know, minor imperfections and everything. See, I made this, and the shop owner says, "Well, you can have it back, but you have to buy it." So uh, the shop owner said, it's mine, and, and you have to buy it. So the kid goes, earns the money and, or, or whatever, and, and he buys it now, and it's now twice his. It was his. It went away. He couldn't find it anymore, and then he had to buy it to, to bring it back. You know, it's a very similar. Now, you're going to find holes. I'm not saying that that's, uh, that's equal to Scripture, but I, hopefully it gets the point across, right, to, to, that we would understand that the believer in God is is twice God's, very similar to mankind and God's relationship. Those who are His are, are purchased by His blood, so we are twice His. So, uh, like I said, that's not that's not a scriptural story, but it does get the point across. It says that as many as received Him, God's heart is that all would repent. It says that many as received Him have given, been given the right uh, to become the children of God. With God giving us that right, we can stand in confidence as his children, knowing that he has bought us and we are his children. So there's nothing, no thing, and no one that can take us out of God's hands. So understand that, that, that when we look at this and it says that, um, it says that, uh, that, we, that, that he gave us the right to become children of God because of his grace, not because we're super special, awesome, clean, squeaky clean people. No, that's not the case at all, because if that was the case, there wouldn't be anybody saved. You know, what does Romans say? There is none righteous, no, not one. Nobody, right? We're all sinners. None of us are perfect. Never, never. Hopefully God is purging more of our sinfulness out of us and filling us more with his spirit. But uh, but God didn't take us because we were, we were oh, this one's holy. I got to have this one. Nope. So we're born of God, not 
uh, by anything uh, that men can claim for any glory. So he goes and he says here, not by our bloodline, which was very important to the Jews, right? Whether you're born a Jew or not. uh, and, and for us, not by uh, it's it's about our own faith. It's not about the faith of our parents, our husband, our wife, a loved one, whatever it may be. But it's about God. So nothing we can do to earn status as His children. All we can do is just cry out and ask Him to be our Savior, and then we're children of God. It's that easy. So we're made His children because of His will. Verse fourteen, last one. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. So the word is a person. The word is a person. We saw that in verses 1 and 2, and then we see that that, that that person, that he, put on flesh and dwelt among us, fully God and fully man at the same time. So for quick uh, uh, witnessing references, if you want to put this in your spiritual backpack, whatever it is, store this in your mind, you can always just go to John chapter 1 verse uh, and read them, uh, everything John chapter one verse fourteen. If you're not going to be able to read, put put the Bible right on your on your phone and show it to them or whatever. But you can live right inside verses one through three, and then verse fourteen, and explain who Jesus is. Then take them to the Romans road, Romans three, Romans five, and eight, ten, and all those things, and we'll we'll get to that later. Um, but just to understand, uh, if we're sharing uh, the gospel, that establish, just using those verses establishes the deity of Christ solidifies creation uh, and uh, that Jesus is God and that he, he is eternal. Just in those, those verses. So John dives deeper in his description of, of uh, who Jesus is through here. And, uh, and uh, he says that, uh, that, he, that they beheld his glory um, uh, further on, that beheld his glory. Uh, which is, uh, as it says in verse a little bit further in verse 14, and we beheld his glory, meaning they witnessed, they saw it, they held it. Um, they witnessed all that Jesus did and, and, and said and knew that Jesus was God in the flesh. What I love here, it says that he was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. That Grace and truth should be in our hearts as Christians, that we're speaking the truth and that we're sharing grace. Because sometimes we can speak uh, speak grace, uh, sorry, speak the truth, and there's no grace about it. We're just there with a God hates whoever sign. That's not going to minister to anybody. But when you can come go and say, hey, I was a sinner. I was doing this stuff too. But God saved me. God changed me. So it's important for us as Christians to be full of grace and truth as our Savior was. John shares uh, grace in Jesus' name. If you're unfamiliar with what grace is, it's undeserved favor. Truth, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. I am truth. Jesus claimed to be truth. So it is grace and truth are who Jesus is. The, 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 The fiber of his being is just sharing grace, truth. Two more verses for you, and, and we're wrapping this up. First John chapter 1, John starts one of his other epistles, and he says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. So John says, From the beginning we heard him, we saw him, our hands have handled the word of life. The word, right, from John chapter 1. Uh, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you 
that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Last verse I have for you, 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, who was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. God was manifested in the flesh. Who is Jesus Christ? He's God in the flesh probably hoping we'd get through more than 14 verses as we looked into that. But the Lord laid those verses heavily on my heart to share. As Christians, we have to, and I'm sorry I kept you about 10, 12 minutes late, uh, uh, and, but, uh, and, and be, be sure to thank the people in the nursery. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, but it sounds like they're not going totally crazy in there. To understand and com to understand, to know, and to communicate who Jesus Christ is, is so pivotal for us as Christians. We have to be able to know these things and to share these things. It's going to keep us grounded in our faith that we never forget who Jesus Christ is and that we can meditate on these things and understand who he is. But then to be able to share him with a lost loved ones and co-workers, whatever it is around us. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Amazing. May, there's so much to meditate on here. Go home, read, the, read this uh, by yourself, study it, get into it. It's, it. it's an amazing study through the book of John. Would you all stand with me and we'll pray? Father, we are so grateful for your word. And we'll pick up where we left off next week in, in, in 15 and trust that you're going to lead our study through there. We love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we have it. Uh, we thank you that we're here together. We pray that you keep us all safe, watch over us, bless our week ahead of us, draw us closer to you, and, and use us mightily in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.